Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into another episode of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, EJ Holland with the Wolverine.com. If you're not a subscriber to the Wolverine.com, you can subscribe today for $1 for one month. Also, make sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free. Tonight's episode is sponsored by My Perfect Franchise. Are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands? Or are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? Well, Andy Ludicky can help. Andy is a huge college sports fan and franchise veteran, having owned multiple franchises and businesses. Using his expertise, he helps others find their American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. Call Andy, put your life and career in your own hands. Best of all, his services are 100% free to you. So what do you have to lose? So yeah, Andy does a, a terrific job. You know, I think that the franchise business is interesting. Uh, Like I said on the previous show, I definitely love to learn more about potentially owning some Chick-fil-A's, maybe bringing Whataburger to Virginia or Portillo's. I definitely miss that. So don't miss your shot at getting into the franchise business. I heard there's a Chick-fil-A opening in Ann Arbor, so maybe you guys can get in the the Chick-fil-A business before it booms uh, throughout the area. Uh, But find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. That's 404-973-9901 or myperfectfranchise.net to learn more about Andy and My Perfect Franchise. All right, guys, like I said, welcome into the show for everybody just filing in. We're going to answer all questions tonight. If you want to skip the line, hit us with a super chat. We already have one from Devon Robinson. So shout out to Devon for donating to tonight's show. Um, That money goes directly to my travel budget so I can go around the country and see top Michigan targets and commits. Uh, And he says, honestly, I think we need a two quarterback class. Who's the most realistic second quarterback? So I actually wrote over at the Wolverine a big piece on what's kind of next for quarterback recruiting. And Just because Michigan landed Carter Smith doesn't mean they aren't going to explore other quarterbacks. Obviously, they're still in the mix with Bryce Underwood, right? But, you know, in terms of most realistic, I guess I'll answer that in a second. Look, for those of you that missed yesterday's show or haven't read up with the content, uh, they are still pursuing Bryce Underwood. Michigan's still 
in that top two, I would say, uh, along with LSU. So, you know, there, he's still an option and he's not completely off the board. I don't think Carter Smith is going to scare away Bryce Underwood. It's not a signal of a white flag from Michigan either. Um, so Bryce Underwood is still an option. The Wolverines are still working to get him on campus for the game against Ohio State. Remember that game falls around his state championship schedule if Belleville advances this weekend, which they are expected to. Um, you know, but uh, the hope is he still makes it in that Saturday, and they're going to continue to recruit him hard until he makes his decision. In January, with that said, I would still give LSU the edge here. I mean, he had a great visit earlier this fall. He's been really impressed with what Jaden Daniels has done there. And he's always had a wandering eye for the SEC. So, you know, aside from him, Michigan still in the mix with George McIntyre, a fellow five-star, but he's always been kind of considered a long shot. Um, Michigan's recruited four-star guys like Ryan Montgomery and Bear Bachmeyer, but They've kind of faded a bit, and it doesn't seem like either would be super open to being part of a two-quarterback class. Uh, the one guy that I think comes to mind that I mentioned over at the Wolverine is Hussan Longstreet. He's another really interesting quarterback. I sat down and I watched this film a couple of weeks ago, and I talked about it on this show. Um, he's built like Jaden Davis in terms of you know stature. Uh, he's a little bit of a shorter quarterback at six foot and a half 185 so pretty much same measurables as davis davis a little uh heavier but longstreet is more mobile he does offer you know some elusiveness inside outside of the pocket and the ability to make plays with his legs but unlike davis he's not as polished of a passer he does some really weird <laughs> things when it comes to throwing the football, um, his release points are a little bit all over the place. He does a lot of off-platform stuff. Um, he's just not a super, you know, dialed in, accurate short to intermediate passer like Davis is. But again, he does offer that upside as a runner. So I think in Longstreet and Smith, you would have two guys that are really intriguing, really upside guys and you see michigan actually has the lead on the on three recruiting prediction machine he hasn't taken a ton of visits but he was on campus in may and then threw in front of uh kurt campbell at michigan satellite camp at wayne state the following day so he's still one to keep an eye on i think you know they're gonna go all in on underwood and then once underwood makes his decision in January, they'll decide how to proceed with 2025 quarterback recruiting. And they do miss on Underwood. There's also a chance they kind of punt on the other 2025 quarterbacks unless somebody pops up that they really, really like. Now, again, Campbell's always been a fan of Longstreet, so that is a guy they like. Uh, but they could just, you know, go towards the portal instead. I also wrote today, I mean, Michigan could potentially pull two quarterbacks out of the portal. And me and Zach talked about it on yesterday's show, um, you know, just the, the moving parts, right? You have J.J. McCarthy who could potentially make the leap to the NFL. You have guys that were, you know, more project types that could change positions like Alex Orgy or Kendrick Bell. You have guys that, you know, could leave in terms of, you know, attrition. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, two quarterbacks in the portal isn't something that's super crazy to think about. And instead of taking another um, 2025 guy, you could just have multiple court, uh, multiple portal quarterbacks. And then next year you just do it again. I mean, the portal has been more friendly to Michigan in terms of NIL as well. They haven't struggled as much or it hasn't been much of a hindrance. Um you know, in the portal as it has on the recruiting trail. So, you know, right now, I think they, the, the plan right now is to continue to recruit Underwood all the way up until he makes his decision, see what he decides. If he jumps in the class, great. If he doesn't see how to proceed with 25 quarterbacks. And then regardless of what happens with all these guys and regardless of whether or not JJ stays, I still think they explore the portal uh, for another quarterback. So that's a long-winded answer for that super chat. We actually have another super chat coming in from Jim uh, Printable. So shout out to you, Jim. Again, these super chats allow you to skip the line and they go directly to my travel budget so I can see top Michigan targets and commits across the country. And he says, EJ, what top linebackers and running backs do we have a real shot with in 2025 i appreciate the show keep up the great work we appreciate you jim with your big super chat um running backs tough man like i i kind of expressed some concern about running back recruiting i think it was last week or the week before but i mean running back targets have just flown off the board as of late like um we do this thing called the master list in our wolverine magazine we still have a print edition we kind of keep an offer tracker type of thing. And so it's really helpful because it helps me see guys that, you know, eliminate Michigan or commit elsewhere, et cetera. And, you know, that you've had so many highly touted guys just uh, eliminate Michigan from, you know, Jordan Davison to Harlem Barry to Gideon Davidson. Like there's just been so many of these top 100 backs that I've already committed elsewhere, dropped the top schools list without Michigan. So, you know, I was very critical of Mike Hart early on in his tenure. And then he came back and landed Jordan Marshall this cycle. And he was really active on the recruiting trail. And recently he's been really, really quiet. And you've seen these running backs start looking elsewhere and it's still kind of head scratching. I mean, if you're a top tier running back, you'd think that, you'd want to play for Mike Hart. You'd want to play at Michigan. So it's, it's kind of frustrating. You know, I don't want to jump off the Mike Hart bandwagon when I just got on it after he did such a great job with Jordan Marshall, but uh, it is a little concerning early on. So we'll, we'll see what he does there, but uh, the more realistic guys, I guess, or the most realistic, highly touted guy at the running back position that I think Michigan can land is Iris and Howard. Um, he is ranked in the top 300 on on three, I actually just saw him this past weekend. He's more of a Donovan Edwards, Micah Cobb on a type in the sense that he can split out wide and play some receiver. He can line up in the slot. You can use him as a kick returner, punt returner uh, type of guy as well. Just a, a really speedy back uh, that can still fill out a little bit at five foot 10, 180 pounds. And you see his rankings are kind of all over the place. He's a three-star in the industry, but like I said, on three has him in the top 300. ESPN has him in the top 200, and the other two have him as a three-star. But um, he is a, a guy that Mike Hart really likes. He visited in the spring, told me he hasn't you know, been able to get back to Michigan for a game, but said that Michigan is still very, very high 
on his list. So I would say Iverson Howard is the running back that Michigan has the best shot with. There are some other highly touted guys like Bo Jackson's a top 200 guy out of Ohio, but he's a heavy Ohio State lean, um, you know, on 300 athlete. Marquise Davis, I think, can be a running back at the next level, but he's also considered an Ohio State lean. And then after that, it's just more three-star type of guys. Like the only other running back that they've gotten on campus that I have marked down uh, is Chad Gasper, who's a three-star back uh, out of Texas when Mike Hart made that swing through the Houston area. He did a really nice job with Gasper, but uh, not a lot of highly touted backs at the running back position. Now, linebacker is where it's at next next cycle. Linebacker has so many big time guys. I'm going to read off guys that have visited that are like top 150 guys. You have Riley Pettijan, who's my personal favorite, out of McKinney, Texas. He visited for the spring game, six foot three, 215 pounds, reminds me a little bit of Junior Colson. You have Noah McHale out of California who visited as well. He's a top 50 talent. You have Elijah Mendez, Melendez, who's a top 50 talent and is coming in for the game against Ohio State. And then you have guys that um, haven't visited but are planning to visit, like uh, Kamar Archie, Top 100 prospect who's a teammate of Owen Wayful, Michigan's defensive line commit for this cycle. Another one of my my favorites there, Nathaniel Uso-Botang, a top 150 guy out of IMG uh, who has a strong connection to Mike Elston. His older brother was actually recruited by Elston at Notre Dame. Um, so, and, and there's just so many other names. Like I could go on the whole show about linebackers. Like there are a lot of linebackers. I mean, some other guys that I really like that aren't in that top 150 that I've visited. Anthony Saka out of St. Joe's Prep. Um, you have uh, Justin Rowe out of Asheville School in North Carolina, who's been drawing some comparisons to Jaden Smith. So, you know, all the names I read have visited or are planning to visit or have some type of tie. There are just so many uh, big time linebackers in 2025 are really, really strong year at that position. So really pivotal year for Jesse Minter and Chris Partridge. All right, let's go down to John A. Schultz. And he was actually here first, bright and early at 5 p.m. He says, EJ, should Michigan fans be worried about 25 commit Bobby Kanka making a visit to Tennessee this weekend? It would be a bad look to lose an in-state commit. Um, not really. I mean, it's, it's interesting that he's visiting Tennessee, but I'm not overly concerned there. Um, you know, he committed to Michigan early for a reason. He was considered a Michigan lean for a while before he pulled the trigger. Maybe he's just giving himself some other options because he's young and and there are some question marks around the program, but, you know, I'm not too concerned and, you know, Losing an in-state commit because it's a bad look isn't of concern to me either. I mean, Bobby Kanka is a really good player, but there are so many Bobby Kankas out there, uh, so many Bobby Kanka types out there. You've seen Michigan land this type of player the last few cycles, whether it's Ted Hammond or Manuel Beagle or Brooks Barr, now Kanka. They're all kind of in the same mold, even, you know, other top targets in this class like Cole Breeler fit that mold as well. So um, yeah, I'm not really concerned about it one way or the other. I think Kanka is pretty solid though. 
Um, Schultz also says, EJ, I heard from another site, the Oompa Loompa, that Avery Gack was close to committing, but wanted assurances that Sharon Moore would be around if Moore takes a head coaching job. Would we lose offensive line commits? Yeah, I mean, if every rumor in the factory was true, everybody would be close to committing to Michigan. But, look, I think the Wolverines have done a great job with Gak, I actually don't think he's that far off there. I think, you know, if I were to pick a school today, it'd probably be Michigan, even though a couple months ago it seemed like, you know, Gak preferred Ohio State and maybe even Georgia. But these recent vi- visits have really, really moved the needle for Gak. Um, you know, whether more stays or not, obviously, is going to be a big factor for Gak. I, I think if Jim Harbaugh stays more is going to attract a lot of interest as a potential head coach. And yeah, that will have an effect on, on him and other offensive line recruits in 2025. Um, You know, I think Michigan's trending well for, you know, some of those top targets like Gak, like, uh, you know, Will Black, Rowan Byrne, et cetera. And they've gotten all those guys on campus. So yeah, I mean, losing more would be, bad terrible uh, I guess not just from an offensive line recruiting standpoint but overall recruiting I mean Moore's always been one of the best recruiters on staff and just has a lot of ties in the Midwest and has built you know ties all over the country as well since becoming the offensive line coach so you know it, it would definitely be detrimental to lose him but as things stand right now you know Moore's done a a great job and we'll see how the offseason shakes out with him in terms of current commits you know those guys are going to sign before any decisions are made so not really worried about 24 um let's go down to ben ricketts and he says who would be your comp for carter smith and who might be some guys that he'll recruit also if michigan misses out on underwood who might be a solid quarterback two to pair with Smith. So the second question we kind of answered earlier, you know, Hussan Longstreet would probably be the most realistic guy. Um, but, you know, more so likely that Michigan hits the portal as far as who would be my comp. Yeah. I've really struggled with that question. I actually was on the phone with Carter's coach last night and I asked him this question and he couldn't come up with a comp for me. He said like, he thought maybe Bo Nix and then like retracted it and gave like a non-answer. And that's kind of how I feel about this question. It's really tough to give a player comp for Carter Smith. I don't think there's a real good one. I mean, the guys I've thought of are like Jeff Hostetler, who's like an old school quarterback that won a couple of Super Bowls with the New York Giants, but isn't a real big name. And then more recently, like a Colin Klein type of guy. I mean, just because Carter Smith is – Uh, that type of threat with his legs. He's not a super polished passer, but he does have uh, a live arm. He throws a 90 mile per hour uh, fastball on the baseball diamond. And that's the thing with Carter. Like I had someone bring up today, well, like his throwing motion super weird and his release point super weird. It's not that it's weird. It's just a baseball type of motion. Like he's played baseball his entire life. His dad, I believe was a major league baseball player. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, his mechanics will be fixed at the next level and Carter's best days as a passer are definitely ahead of him right now. He's a really special athlete though, that can make a lot of things happen with his legs as a, 
you know, whether it's a design run for him or just being a creator in, in and out of the pocket. Uh, there's a lot to like about Carter Smith's ceiling. And I think right now it's hard to make a true player comparison, you know, as far as Michigan quarterbacks, obviously, um, you know, some around the program feel like he shares some traits with JJ McCarthy. Now JJ was, you know, uh, far better as a passer at this point in his recruitment, but JJ had also been, you know, training as a quarterback since forever uh, and, and had personal quarterback trainers and all of that good stuff. Um, but I think the player comparison to JJ or the trait comparison to JJ is more so his dynamic ability as, as a runner, his ability to create, just being an exciting pizzazz type player, which you don't necessarily have coming in with Jaden Davis, who's more of that polished passer, who's really short, or not really, he is short, but I was trying to say he's really accurate, short to intermediate. Um, and he's a great field general and he's a great mental processor and he understands the game and he has a really high floor. You know, with players like Carter and JJ, you see this ceiling, you see the exciting play and it, it gets you really excited. So when you, you hear the JJ comps, it's not a direct comp in terms of like, this guy's a similar passer as JJ. It's more of this guy's just as exciting of a player as JJ. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's another long-winded answer to give a non-answer, basically, because it is tough to come up with a comparison for Carter. Uh, let's go down to Ben Ricketts, and he says, this might be a question to address in a month, but as the coaching carousel moves quickly, who might be some flip targets? Um you know, a month from now is National Signing Day. So we can't really sit and wait, I guess. You know, we have to see how things progress on a daily basis. Obviously, the big one that popped up this week is, is Boise State parted ways with their head coach. And so that opens the opportunity for Michigan to circle back. And they had already been circling back to him, but it opens the, the door even more. Uh, to have a real opportunity with Gatlin Bear, top 100 wide receiver out of Idaho. I think Michigan finished second in that recruitment when he originally decided to stay home and committed to Boise State. He's, you know, just a dynamic playmaker, six foot two, 180 pounds, runs in the 10 twos in the 100 meter, which is crazy fast. I mean, faster than Nicholas Harbor from last cycle. He would be such a great addition late and like typical Ron Bellamy fashion, like stealing a, a big time receiver late, like he did with Darius Clemens and Carmelo English. So, you know, Gallen is definitely one to watch now as a, as a real flip target. Um, the thing about Gatlin is like Andrew Gentry, he's going on a two year mission. So even if he were to stick with Boise or he were to flip to Michigan or Oregon's another option, Oregon just had him on campus for a visit and, you know, they're a real threat to flip him as well. Um, whichever school he ends up committing to on signing day in December, uh, Bear doesn't sign a national letter of intent. He actually signs a financial aid agreement. And then two years from now in 2026, he's basically free to sign wherever. So there's still a long way to go in this recruitment because he is a, a mission kid. So, you know, we'll see as far as other flip targets because of coach movement. I don't think, you know, there's guys like Nigel Tuggle and stuff, but obviously Kirby's 
not in any danger. So yeah, I mean, that that's the one that definitely comes to mind. I know some people have asked about A&M commits because they parted ways with Jimbo Fisher, but I just don't think a lot of those A&M commits fit what Michigan is looking for, especially in the NIL era. And kind of the same thing with Florida, you know, they haven't, you know, made a firing there, but obviously they're on a downhill skid. They just lost another commit today. Um, you know, even Aaron Childs, who was a Michigan lean early on, I'm not sure they circle back there. So Gatlin Bear's the one that comes to mind in terms of coaching carousel right now. Um, Tyson Smith says, who's the best, most realistic wide receiver that Michigan can pair Smith with? Uh, probably Andrew Marsh, um, you know, four-star wide receiver out of Texas, ranked as a top 50 guy nationally. And I know you're going to say, oh, that's not really realistic. Well, Marsh has visited twice already. He's coming back for a third time if he doesn't have a playoff game for the game against Ohio State later this month. I mean, that's a lot of visits. I think that qualifies as having legitimate interests. I know his mom works in the school system, and he's really the family is really high on education and likes what Michigan can offer um, on and off the field. But I think with Marsh, man, like it's just going to be tough to pull him from the state of Texas. Obviously, you have schools like LSU and Texas and Oklahoma all involved for him as well. But I mean, the amount of times he's visited, I think that there's legitimate interest with him. And then some other guys that, you know, have legitimate interest that are top 100 guys. Quincy Porter, you know, fits that um fits that mold of what Michigan's looking for as that big outside receiver. I saw him earlier this season and he was extremely impressive. Six foot three, 190 pounds was on campus for the barbecue and Michigan's working to get him back uh, on campus soon. Uh, And there you see uh, Quincy's profile. You know, Quincy's just not talked a lot about because the dude is very quiet and I could tell he hated doing that interview with me when I went out to see him. Um, So just about his business, and that's completely fine, man. I love this kid as a football player. I don't care if he does interviews with me at all. He's so fun to watch, man. He's extremely dominant. I mean, literally like watching Terrell Owens would be like my player comp for him. Like the yards after catch, the uh, jump ball ability as well. But what made T.O. special is just that yards after catch, being able to run through tackles in the open field and things of that nature. And Quincy can do that, but he also knows how to use his size to his advantage, not only in the red zone, but just overall. And he's really tactical route runner as well. And he's still kind of slender at 190. Like, I really think he can bulk up and, and look like a T.O. type. Um, so he he's one of, you know, if I were Michigan or if I were a Michigan fan, Quincy Porter would be one of my most wanted guys. Like, he's, he's that guy. Um, and then Talon Taylor would be the next top 100 guy I would give Michigan a true shot with um, out of Chicago land. He comes from the Midwest boom program, which is one of the best seven on seven and training programs in the country. Uh, produce guys like JJ McCarthy and Tyler Morris. I know that Talon Taylor's family is close with the uh, Morris family. So that should help Michigan early on. He's already visited twice. He was at the spring game. He came back during the barbecue weekend, and now he'll be back for the Ohio State game as well. So three visits there. I know some Notre Dame fans feel pretty confident about landing Talon Taylor, and they've let me know in my mentions, as they always do, because they're weird little guys. But uh, I think Michigan has a great shot 
with Talon Taylor. I think Ron Bellamy's done a fantastic job in this recruitment. I think a win over Ohio State would go a long way with him. And, and I saw him in the fall as well, and another really impressive-looking prospect. Um, let's go down to Go Blue 81 and he says, are there any five-star running backs that we can pair with Smith like we did JJ and the Don? I uh, kind of answered that earlier, Go Blue 81. I mean, running back recruiting is a little disappointing to start off in 2025 with Iris and Howard being the most realistic, highest-ranked guy. But maybe Michigan can make some things shake with the dudes over in Ohio. Marquise Davis, big fan of him. Bo Jackson's visited at least, but both seem to be leaning towards Ohio State right now. Tyson Smith back with another one. He says, is Carter Smith better than Jaden Davis? I have them ranked kind of in a similar range. Like I said, I had Carter Smith in the top 100 to 150 range. I have Jaden Davis in the top 125 to 175 range. So not a big gap there. I have, I give Carter the edge because I just, you know, I prefer a high ceiling, right? It's all about preference when you're looking at quarterbacks. Some guys might prefer the higher floor of Jaden Davis, the more, polished passer, the more accomplished quarterback, the more uh, cerebral type of guy, not saying that Carter is not a smart guy, but Jaden Davis has just been bred to play quarterback since he was, you know, a youth with Carter Smith. I think he's a smart guy. He's been a starter at his high school since he was a freshman. Um, But I think with Carter, that athletic ability gives him more upside for sure. He still has a, you know, a ways to go as a passer, but I think the things that he does can be corrected with proper teaching at the next level. But when you look at Carter Smith's um, just ceiling and the baseline you get from him as a runner, there's a lot to like about what he can become. So I personally would give Smith the edge over Davis, uh, not by a lot, but just because I'm excited about the ceiling, right? And I want to have a ceiling to be excited about. And I prefer the ceiling as opposed to the really high floor, but the high floor also has Davis, you know, still in that similar type of range. But I think on three has it right with Carter Smith. They're the highest on him right now. And I think Smith is going to rise up the rankings. Remember Davis was like a top 25 prospect at this point in the process. And I was actually very high on him as well. And then he kind of peaked and continued to tumble down the rankings with Smith. It's going to be the opposite. Like he's nowhere near his potential at this point. He's rated on the lower side right now. He has nowhere to go, but up. I think he's going to continue to rise in the rankings throughout the process. Let's go down to Tyson Smith again. He says, I saw top 100 cornerback Dwayne Galloway visited Michigan for Purdue. Can we actually get him from Ohio? We missed on West and Scott. Are we wasting time? Well, Ohio State hasn't offered Dwayne Galloway. So I think Michigan's in a great spot right now. You know, Steve Klinkscale isn't going to shy away from recruiting the state of Ohio just because he lost out on Aaron Scott and Bryce West. He still has really strong connections there. He has made Galloway an early priority. Galloway's absolutely exploded on the recruiting trail, but he did visit for the game against Purdue. The Wolverines hold the edge on the on three recruiting prediction machine with a 43% chance of landing him. I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Ohio State does offer him what happens there, since not only is he an Ohio kid, he's a Columbus kid, but maybe he takes the attitude of, hey, Michigan believed in me first, and he looks at guys 
like Rod Moore and says, I can definitely have success at Michigan and be on the other side of the rivalry. Maybe Jordan Marshall, you know, serves as an inspiration there as well as a guy who was, you know, a top 100 kid who spurred Ohio State. And if Michigan beats Ohio State and he's there uh, later this month, that can only help as well. So I don't think they're wasting time with Galloway. Um, Tyson Smith's last question says, what sport would you cover if you didn't cover football? Um, that's a tough question, man, because I don't really watch a lot of other sports. Um, and I don't really watch a lot of football either because I, I, I take that, back. I watch a lot of football, obviously like I'm on the road all the time. So I think I'm on game 36 this weekend yeah like 36 or something like that so i don't think anybody gets to more high school games than i do and practices and seven on sevens and all that but you know watching all that stuff kind of burns me out and i'm always out at high school games on saturdays so i never watch college football like i've maybe watched a half of michigan football this year or any football like the only full game i watched was like colorado colorado state because i watched it on a plane and they forced us to watch it for some reason, like it was the only thing showing on that monitor. But um, yeah, I mean, so the only other sports I really watch are boxing. Like I've mentioned that before, uh, big boxing fan, big boxing match tomorrow night. Uh, Shakur Stevenson, Emmanuel Navarrete, doubleheader on ESPN. So if you don't watch boxing, definitely watch those matchups tomorrow. Um, and then I watch soccer, but only like, euros and world cups like i don't really i can't really get into the league stuff um but i will watch the international tournaments but outside of that i i don't know man i I don't think i would be covering sports i would just be reporting on something else some weird stuff like uh ghost hunting and uh, going to find bigfoot and things of that nature i guess uh let's go down to ben ricketts and he says um Oh, man, I didn't even realize we were over time. All right, let's go rapid fire. And he says, since Michigan is anticipating several players to leave for the draft, do you think they will look to add up to five more high school commits to this class or bank on several scholarships for the portal? I think they'll take a few more, maybe get up to 27, 28, um, and then they'll bank the scholarships for the portal. Yeah, I think they'll be pretty active in the portal again. Uh, Barry L says, what is your opinion of Michigan going after Cam Rising if healthy and goes into the transfer portal, assuming JJ leaves? Well, I can't answer that question because I covered Cam and Rising extensively as a recruit because he was committed to Texas. I loved Cam and Rising. Uh, Cameron Rising, fun fact, was part of a two quarterback class at the University of Texas. And I always thought he was the better of the two. The thing about Rising was he was always hurt. Like I never got to see rising throw live because he was always injured, but like the stuff he put on tape, I was like, man, I love this dude. And he, you know, he had that like California gunslinger with the mustache and stuff. I was a big Cameron rising guy. I thought Tom Herman did an excellent job of going out to California and finding him. He just never stayed healthy. And like, he, he still apparently doesn't stay healthy, but when he's on the field, He's pretty much a baller, man. So big Cameron Rising fan here. Been a Cameron Rising fan since he was an underclassman. So, yeah, I would love to see it if he's healthy and he can stay healthy. Maybe Ben Herbert can work some of his magic. 
then, you know, that would be an amazing land for Michigan for sure. I, I do love Cam Rising. And like I said, I always love Cam Rising. Uh, let's see. Malachi says, do you think the 25 class will be better than 24? Um, if Harbaugh stays, if most of the staff stays intact, and if they improve NIL, then yes. <laughs> um, Jorge says, are we looking for any top 300 defensive tackles? Uh, and I'm assuming you probably mean like nose type guys. I think nose guys rise in the rankings a little later in the process, but uh, some guys they're in on that are, you know, more nose types, maybe, you know, nose three flexes would be like uh, Ethan Utley out of uh, Ensworth. He's more of a three than he is a nose, but he's a teammate of Mason Curtis. He's a top 100 guy. He's coming in for the game against Ohio State. Um, Dylan Battle, they brought in. He's a top 300 guy out of Texas. He visited earlier this fall. I know they really like him. And some guys rated outside the top 300 worth monitoring. Charles House out of Charlotte. Amir Leonard, Gene Charles out of Nashville. He's visited three times. And RJ Hines says, as of today, would you project Alex Graham in the class? That's a good question, man. Alex Graham is uh yeah he's his recruitment's interesting just because he's visited michigan a ton as an underclassman obviously he transferred from cast tech to img academy when i went out to see him earlier this fall he uh told me that he wanted to get back to michigan and he still had a great relationship with steve Klinkscale. he still had michigan really high on the board and you see Michigan as the commanding lead on the on three recruiting prediction machine. But then I hit up Alex a couple of weeks ago. I asked him if he was going to come out to the Ohio State game. He told me he couldn't make it. So he's going to have gone the whole fall without visiting Michigan, which is a little concerning. And then now being down at IMG Academy, I'm just a little concerned that his recruitment, you know, really opens up with some of the southern program so i don't know man I don't, I don't really have a good read for alex right now if you would have asked me this question last year i would have been like yeah man alex is going to be an early commit i'm really confident in michigan and now i i don't know i mean i still think michigan don't get me wrong i still think michigan's in really good shape but i definitely think they're going to have to fight to get alex back uh to the midwest and win that recruitment but that was the last questions we appreciate everybody that joined tonight and asked a bunch of great questions kept the conversation moving as always guys subscribe to the wolverine.com for one dollar for one month today you can get premium insider recruiting information team information basketball basketball recruiting nil transfer portal and so much more that's one dollar for one month and you you know never miss an update on anything that I write over at the Wolverine. And we have a lot of good stuff coming out with the Carter Smith commitment. And yeah, like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel for free. And we'll be back next week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.